We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening. Great to be with you. It's the Football Guys Daily Fantasy Hour, all presented by Roto Grinders. It's week 10. We're here to talk daily fantasy sports with you and get you set for another week. Hopefully, make it some money. And we do it a little bit different than uh, maybe just about anybody else. You know, we. Uh... There we go. Am I muted? Can you I hear me? you? Okay, I'm sorry. It's on a little mute thing jump up. But uh, we do it a little bit differently. We have a lot of fun during this hour. And uh, we thank you guys so much for checking us out. Of course, they are the football guys. They are John Lee. They are his distant cousin, uh, uh, Austin Lee. And they, of course, are over at Football Guys. And uh, fellas, you know, I don't know. My week nine was not good. Not as bad as John's, but it was not good. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if John had a good week or not, but all I know is he had to do loser's lane and I didn't. So that means that uh, it wasn't that bad. But Austin, how about yourself? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, I felt like uh, last week was a good week for me. Um, it was interesting over at DraftKings because of the low T.Y. Hilton uh, pricing. I feel like there was the T.Y. Hilton effect over at DraftKings sort of raising all of the cash lines. Uh, but at FanDuel, uh, had a uh, very profitable week uh, without as many people on Hilton because he was higher priced over there. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a good week, but it was an interesting, uh, weird high scoring week just because of one player, which I don't usually, uh, you know, have happen. Yeah, you know, it was, it was uh, if you were on Team Game Theory last week and you're like, oh, I don't want to roster the 40% owned T.Y. Hilton. You right. probably didn't make much money. I'd love to say that was my problem, but it was more like, I don't know, Jameis Winston being terrible out there on DraftKings. So that was the the costly one for me. John, how about yourself? Uh, how did week nine go? And uh, how's 
your preparation for this week 10 coming along? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a bad week for me. I, uh, you know, the I think uh, two weeks ago, I won the uh, the early only the 1pm only monster. And last week, I ran at it again, I ended up finishing fourth or fifth. And I was a, uh, a Jacksonville Jaguar field goal away. Imagine a kicker biting me. Uh, I was a field goal away at the end. They, they kneeled the ball from uh, the six-yard line, I guess, uh, to prevent something silly from happening at the end of the game. That, uh, that field goal cost me a fair amount of money. But uh, overall, it, was, it wasn't a bad week. Uh, it was still a winning week, but um, it, it, it could have been better. So, um, but I'm ready to go. Week 10, you know, I, I love this time of the year because we have a lot of data to analyze. And, um, you know, you can make much more informed decisions if you uh, really know how to look at these things. And um, not saying that I do, but I'd like to believe that I do. So um, that said, I'm in loser's lane tonight. So what do I know? <laughs> well, you are a scientist. So maybe the greater amount of data you have can, can improve some of these results here when it comes down to these <laughs> loser lane wagers. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Football guys, of course, you don't know if you haven't checked them out. Hey, don't think like you're halfway through the season. You shouldn't do it. Uh-uh. They got a $35 deal. All of their content over there. Just go to footballtheguys.com slash DFS, and that's the easiest way to kind of get directly to the DFS uh, content. A ton of great tools, both DFS and season long, so check them out. And, of course, if you're checking us out on rotogrinders.com for the first time uh, and you're interested in anything related to daily, that's what we do. You know, basketball, hockey, golf this week. We've got all these sports all under one premium price whether it's monthly or annual you can just sign up by the season if you want to do that as well so check that out if you haven't done so seven day free trial and amazing tools as well check out our uh, results db that's a fun way to kind of sweat games uh while they're going on you can kind of see right after a lineup block where all the exposures are so uh check that out uh all right guys uh before we get into week 10 we got to uh of course pay off some debts and you know, John, you did it this week. Like you really <laughs> outdid yourself. I didn't know it would be possible for you to outdo yourself, but you took a stroll down, um, not just loser's lane, but I feel like Austin's lane. Like, uh, I mean. The thing, the thing you know, I, to, to stroll I'm, I'm down speechless. Austin's lane, uh, to stroll on Austin's lane, you can't just have one copy of yourself. That's the key. That's no. rule number one. And John yes. nailed that. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, how did the now? How did the matchup go? It was actually close last week, if I remember kind of correctly, right, John? It was really close. And you know, uh, going into the late games, I pretty much had uh, Austin pegged. I texted him and I said, "I think you have Dak, uh, Dez, and Jimmy Graham left." And you know, he he was a uh, he was a smarty and wrote back and said, yeah, I, maybe I'll play those guys. And, and sure enough, that's, that's who we had. And, um, you know, I had, I think I had one more player than him, but the, the key decision for me was that I had $3,800 left and I could have either gone with Demarcus Robinson for Kansas city. And that's uh, that high scoring game against Dallas, or I could have gone with Marquise Goodwin um, there in San, in San Francisco. And I was, trying to play it safe. I thought DeMarcus Rob Robinson would be a higher volume guy. So the full point per, per, per reception was going to play in my benefits. And uh, I zigged when I should have zagged because had I gone with Goodwin, 
uh, tonight would have been Austin's turn, but uh, instead I uh, I succumb and I'm yeah, I mean, I'm in loser lane. Yeah, you. T- I mean, what could go wrong? You took Demarcus Robinson, like of course, <laughs> like you know, it's 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 almost almost as good as uh, you know the kid from from Cleveland when he was chalked. Who was that? Uh, uh, the wide receiver. Right? Yeah, uh, Rashard look, Higgins. Like, well, who could go wrong? Like, how right. could Rashard Higgins not perform for us? And how could Demarcus Robinson not perform for us? But Austin didn't overthink it. He got it done. And you might as well thank Buck Allen because he saved your ass because that final drive, he scored like 10 fantasy points for yep. you. So, uh, <laughs> but good team once again by Austin. And that means John this week taking the stroll down Loser's Lane. And you will find me on Loser's Lane. Because I'm the week's loser. Yes, I'm the real loser. All you other big losers can hail the king. My lineups for dead for the night. When you add up all of those inches, it'll be the difference between winning and losing. This is why this show is like no other in fantasy sports. You don't find that anywhere else. Three years ago, Austin had this crazy idea. Each week we'd put our dignity at stake. 36 months later, I've come to the conclusion there really isn't much left of it to take. Last week, the decisions, they were quite simple. Load up on Dallas and Kansas City. Austin took Dak while I took Ezekiel. Dak scored 30 and Zeke played shitty. Across from Tyreek, I decided on Demarcus in the highest scoring game of the day. Had enough left over to move to Marquise Goodwin, but decided against it and now have to pay. Where, oh, where were you tonight? Why did you leave me here once again? I searched player pool over and thought I found a good one. But you stung it up and <laughs> loser's lane. John, John, congrats, dude. That was excellent. That is what loser's lane is about. You know, I'd say it's about, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone, but that's clearly not what you did here because you dressed up like a woman and you looked very (laughs) comfortable in that, number one. And number two, here's the thing that drove me so crazy about this, John, is every time on this show, I make fun of you for being the old guy. And you're like, I'm not that old, Dan. Come on, how old do you think I am? And here you go pulling off some hee-haw version of, you know, I don't even know what that is. I had no idea what that was from. No clue. But all I know is it was old. So you're just proving my, my proving me correct that you are old with that. But my goodness, John, did you absolutely nail it? And I think the one question on, well, my mind was, like, did you have, like, undergarments on to make sure that those – bosoms were were you know you know perky <laughs> i uh i was going to bring my my props with me uh back to the room this evening and, and i decided i shouldn't um if you want to if you want to know what i was wearing under that shirt um google um miss october breasts 
and um, we'll let it at that. <laughs> well, we, we, I, I, that's not what I wanted to know. Definitely, that was definitely not what I was thinking. <laughs> Miss, it's a Halloween costume from a year, a few years back. Miss October. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I remember. We talked. I don't think we talked about this on the show. We talked about no. it after the post game show. Well, that you don't realize. You, we we do a post game show after every football, guys. And uh, I don't need to go into details, but next time you run into tip and pick at like a live <laughs> final or something, say, say, tell me about that Halloween costume. It's a good story. But John, excellent job. And, uh, and it was only a matter of time before we had to use the bleep button on one of these things well overdue. So you killed, you know, you, you, you killed a lot of, uh, uh, or you checked a lot of boxes in terms of things that needed to happen on Loser's Lane. So I respect that, John respect thank you thank you and i and i you know bringing a 50 year old show i looked today it was 48 years old since the uh, hee-haw originally aired i did it on the night of the cmas you know rotor grinders based out of nashville uh my buddy joe bryant's in tennessee knoxville tennessee you know it all came full circle tonight so i'm i'm really proud of what we put together and special shout out to austin for helping me uh tie it up at the end because i'll, I'll be honest I was stressing at about five o'clock today, trying to uh, trying to make all the technical details of that video happen. I got your back, Thanks. man. No, no problem. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 nice of you to contribute to Losers Lane, Austin, because you never freaking lose. So uh, <laughs> we'll try it out this week, and we'll see how it goes. All right, guys, let's get into this week ten, and uh, we'll start with our injury update here, and we'll start with the guy who really screwed a lot of my lineups last week and that was Jameis Winston mainly on DraftKings where I felt he was too cheap and finally the Bucks have decided to just kind of shut him down for the foreseeable future and that means we get some Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge against the Jets here Austin I mean <laughs> I guess uh he's cheap we got to give him that he's cheap yeah, I mean, this is a grudge match against his old team. That means he's going to play way better and score more points. Yeah, no, I don't buy the narrative there, but uh, he's cheap and the matchup is good. So if you're going to pay down at quarterback, this is the cheap quarterback I like this week in cash. Oh, no, really? Yeah, crazy. You, you, you I hear, know. Hey, hey, John, you hear that? On a you loser's lane sound? eligibility week. Yeah, that's I was uh, going to say. Lane. I was going to say, you hear that? That's Austin performing next week, okay? <laughs> In the distance. I can hear it already. I, I hope it. you play some Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm not against going cheap at quarterback, and we'll get some cheap guys here in a minute but that I like a little bit better. But I don't think I can quite go there in cash. Uh, we still have Deshaun Watson out, Tom Savage under center, Teddy Bridgewater set to return. And is it true? No, it's not true. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to start this week, right, John? He's, he's not going to play. No, he's not going to play. You know, it, it was interesting uh, to hear Matt Ryan talk about uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense. He said, you know, it took me two years. There's no way that uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go in there as a uh, person with very little experience at the quarterback position and uh, pick that offense up overnight. It'll be a few weeks. And uh, this week you're going to see C.J. Beathard again. Uh, it is a pretty good matchup against the Giants, 26th uh, DVOA pass defense. Uh, that said, I don't think that I'll be going too hard in that direction. I think this is a, largely a fade for me outside of maybe Carlos Hyde, who uh, continues to be heavily used in that offense. 
at the running back position, John, I mean, you're a smart guy. You're a scientist. Uh, did you ever have dreams of going to law school? Because uh, if not, you could probably go and write a whole thesis on what's going on here and explain, you know, what is going on here? Like they're saying this is like the final hurrah when it comes down to appeals with him. And I felt bad like our show was just like a day behind because we were all under the assumption he wasn't going to play. And then lo and behold, you know, it turned once again. Um, I mean, I guess we just wait and – I mean, let's let's go into the presumption that he does play this week because I think he probably will, but I don't freaking know, to be honest with you. Um, he is just part of this – running back group here this week you know in previous weeks there hadn't been many of these big guys but we got Fournette we got Le'Veon Bell we've got LaShawn McCoy we've got Todd Gurley uh so many different names for us um I mean how comfortable are you with Zeke Elliott here against uh the Falcons this week uh, if Zeke plays, I think I think he's definitely in play in terms of a DFS play uh, for the same reasons he was last week. They're going to feed him the ball uh, because it's a must-win situation for the Cowboys. If they don't, if they don't pretty much win out from here on out to the end of the season, uh, the likelihood of them catching the Eagles, who uh, are just insane at this point, is is minimal. Especially because it's not a matter of if Ezekiel Elliott becomes uh, suspended; he's going to be suspended and. Uh, if, if they get one more week with him this week, they're going to give him the ball 25, 30, 30 plus times, uh, whether it be through the through uh, just handing it off to him or passing it to him. So uh, just due to the sheer volume volume in the matchup, we know that Atlanta doesn't uh, defend uh, uh, receivers out of the backfield very well. And we know that Ezekiel this year has been used more heavily out of the backfield. So um, if he's playing, I think that he's definitely uh, an option. That said, there are a lot of options this week, and we'll talk about them yeah. when we get to the uh, the chalk section. So I don't think you have to go that way, but uh, he's definitely an option if he plays. Now, I'll add one more 30-second uh, um, uh, overview of this. Uh, we have, we have um, you know, talking about smart guys, we have some really smart guys over there, football guys, uh, including a couple lawyers, one of whom is Ari, Ari Engel. And Ari is uh, absolutely convinced that that Zeke will be suspended at this stage, and it's just oh, a matter wow. of of how long uh, it's going to take them to write up the. Uh, and, and I'm sure I'm botching the language, but the summary and the summary, if it gets written up by Friday, which um, in more cases than not, he will be suspended this weekend. Um, but if it's a like a, a split decision, which Ari believes will still uh, happen. Uh, against Ezekiel, that may happen uh, early next week. But either way, uh, this is probably Ezekiel's last game until deep into the season. Wow, John, you really are putting your compadre out on a line, or not? You know, you coming out. He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. Everything he said so far has been pretty much true. So. All right. Well, we will yeah. see. And um, I don't think a decision is going to come down this week also because uh, Veterans Day is Friday. And I, I don't know if those judges ah, are going to be working on drafting anything a on, a, on a holiday. So the hearing is scheduled for Thursday. I think he plays and then we'll know something next week. I like it. Uh, I'll get to you, Austin, here in a minute because I have to poke and prod <laughs> and even give a little credit to John here on the Eddie Lacy call. And you're like, why would you give John credit on Eddie Lacy? He got hurt. But John, it was a hell of a two series we got with him. So uh, he was on the, he was on the path 
to doing exactly what you said he was going to do before he got hurt. But the question now is, can we trust Thomas Rawls and J.D. McKissick to do those things? No, I think this is a uh, total void. We're talking, of course, about uh, Thursday night football against the Cardinals. The, uh, the, the Seahawks are a six-point road favorite. So, uh, you know, obviously you want uh, touchdown favorites anytime you can get them in the running game. But uh, I, I take a little bit back from that because they're a road favorite. And then I take a little bit more back because C.J. Procise is expected to be back for this game. I think we're going to see a fairly uh, even split amongst those guys. Um, Rawls will be – he'll probably get 50% of the, the, the snaps out of the backfield. The other guys will sp- split 25 and, um, you know, Arizona is not necessarily a pushover. They're allowing 3.54 yards per carry out of the backfield. For me, this is a total fade this, uh, this Thursday night. Uh, Austin, uh, Matt Forte did not practice today. It's some swelling in that surgically repaired knee. And if he wouldn't go, I mean, one thing that we've always seen is Bilal Powell, when given a full allotment of carries, it's actually been a really effective fantasy option for us and I don't think anybody can look at this matchup versus Tampa and be like nope can't play Bilal Powell here so he's I think he could actually fly under the radar just a little bit yeah you definitely want to watch Matt Forte's injury situation throughout the week Tampa Bay allows the third most normalized fantasy points uh, to running backs over the past five games and Powell especially at 4,000 on DraftKings as a pass catching back I I don't think you can ignore this guy he's he's got a great matchup this week and then uh, at wide receiver we actually have a number of injuries we actually don't have one listed here but um, uh, Julio Jones didn't practice today and I watched you know a little credit to Julio Jones last week he stuck it out you know so often when he gets hurt then he's done But, John, he's also a guy, though, that historically they're not actually afraid to put out there a little bit gimpy, use him as a complete decoy, and then next thing you know, the third quarter rolls around and he's nowhere to be seen. So I think there's a little bit of risk in Julio on that front, uh, especially if he doesn't, you know, practice Thursday or Friday this week. So um, that's one thing I want to throw out there about him for sure. Oh, absolutely. If he if he's not practicing late in the week, I, I do think you have to be very careful with him uh, heading into the weekend. That said, he is really cheap this week. I was, was like eight thousand seventy nine hundred or something. Eight thousand. So he's, uh, he's really uh, he's really affordable this week. Um, uh, don't sleep on Mohamed Sanu though. If uh, if you're saying yeah. that that Julio is is uh, limited at, at best on Friday. I think that really uh, speaks highly of uh, Sanu's chances because in the past we've seen this multiple times where they'll run him out there in high leverage situations. I'm talking about Jones in this case to get him bracket coverage, to get him double covered and then open up the other side for, for a guy like Sanu or even Austin Cooper underneath. So, uh, you know, monitor that situation. We're always doing this and we're speculating on Wednesday night and uh, you know, we're trying to give you a little bit of guidance early in the week, but uh, certainly you gotta you gotta keep doing your homework uh, late into the week and, and see how these situations unfold. Uh, we could have a lot of value at wide receiver because Des Bryant also questionable this week, Austin, and I think there's a really good chance he's not going to play. It's both an ankle and a knee situation for him. And there's been you know we saw last week Terrence Williams play really well. He's a little banged up himself. I think he's in a little bit better spot though than Des health wise. There's also another wide receiver that I'm going to let you talk about who uh, seemingly when given opportunities does well. 
It just doesn't get opportunities all that much. Well, let's see. <clears throat> There's a couple of guys you could look at, but the thing is, is that Atlanta's slot coverage is terrible. And so I actually like Cole Beasley a lot in this matchup. Uh, he generally is on the field a little bit more than the guy I think you're referring to, uh, which is uh, Bryce Butler, who just gets like no I was love. I going to say, don't, don't, he almost got no love from you. And I was about to say, you know, what is this, Jason Garrett here? Like, you know, are you, <laughs> I you did, did you, I, I know where the red hair came from in our little logo that we have now, because you're, you're the Jer Jason Garrett of this show, apparently. Exactly. But here's the thing. <laughs> He's still coaching the Cowboys this game, right? And so Cole yes. Beasley sometimes steps up in Dez's absence, and I think this matchup plays in his favor. So don't sleep on Beasley, even though Butler feels like sort of the juicy, finally he gets to play guy, you know? Uh, also, a game that's going to get overlooked on FanDuel, John, is the Sunday night football game because it's not on the DraftKings slate. And by the way, DraftKings, if you're not going to pay out the late game, the, the first slate of games before the late game starts, then why not just include the late game and the early slate? Why not do it? Tell me. I mean, seriously, uh, it just drives me crazy. I want that Sunday night football in the main slate. But, John, we don't have it on DraftKings. We have it on FanDuel. And Chris Hogan looks very doubtful for this game. I don't think he's going to go. Um, Who gets the biggest uptick here, and is it even worth – considering against the Denver, you know, defensive backfield that's been, you know, pretty good until last week. Ordinarily, I would say that, that this is a, uh, you know, a, a complete vo a void, even with the, even with the Patriots. But after what we saw uh, Carson Wentz do to the secondary last week, you, you've really got to start to question what's going on. It, it, this, uh, this Denver Broncos defense has not looked good for several weeks. They've actually been fairly stout in fairness up front uh, against the run up again up until last week. Um, in terms of Danny Amendola, I really don't like him, even though he would be slotting in there, pardon the pun, into the slot position. Because Denver, the one thing that they've done really well this, this year, and I went back and looked at the logs before we went live on the show, uh, they haven't allowed anything to the slot this season. The, the, the best game they've given up is a uh, like a six-catch 50-yard uh, performance to uh, Keenan Allen back in week one. So they really effectively uh, shut down the slot, which is not surprising with uh, it's Bradley Roby, right? Uh, is a slot, is a slot, or Chris Harris. Chris Harris is the, the slot cornerback, the nickel corner there. Um, so I think that you've got to look at a guy like uh, Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's, he's the guy on the outside, I think, that, that will be getting it. But the one guy – that you definitely want to be thinking about is Rob Gronkowski because we saw the last week, smash. Trey Burton last week. Uh, he actually saved me on DraftKings, which was my worst site last week. Uh, Trey Burton, we got that last minute call. I ended up owning him upwards of 30% across tournaments and he was min priced and scored a touchdown. And I think he dropped a second, but uh, they just don't defend tight ends. Well, I think Gronk is the call this week, but if you're going to a receiver, uh, Cooks is, is my guy if, if Hogan is out. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, a surprise suspension this week. I don't think anybody really saw that coming. I thought A.J. Green, you know, I don't know, you mug a guy on the field. You <laughs> thought you might be suspended for a game, but no, apparently not. Uh, but Mike Evans is, and that means Deshaun Jackson maybe moves into that number one role. Uh, we've got Adam Humphreys and even the name Chris Godwin 
jumping up. We'll talk a little bit about these guys maybe a little bit later in the wide receiver spot. Uh, just to keep us moving, Jeremy Curley suspended as well. Uh, doesn't do much for me. Our Darius Stewart, eh, I think I'll pass there. D.D. Uh, Westbrook is probable to return for Jacksonville. But you know what? They've got so many receivers right now. I mean, I know Marquise Lee didn't, didn't practice again today, but he hasn't been practicing at all early in the week, even late in the week, and he's played incredibly well. So I'm not too worried about that. But uh, Jacksonville, I, I got to go to Vegas tomorrow, guys. I'm going to be making a, a little wager on the uh, on the Jags to win the Super Bowl. Get some get some giblets because I'm loving that team. <laughs> loving wow. that team. Hey, Trent Dilfer can do it. Blake Bortles can do it. That's my mentality. Uh, let's go to tight end. Uh, Jordan Reed still questionable. I know Vernon Davis got a little bit banged up, but we got to wait on that status. Um, we've got Charles Clay. Let's talk about him, Austin. You know, he is on the verge of returning here. And this guy was the top target in this offense. He's taken on New Orleans. It's got, I think, the second highest game total on the main slate on DraftKings. Um, are we sleeping on Charles Clay? Do we trust him to be ready enough to be, you know, back involved in this offense off this injury? Um, I would not play him this week. I'm fading him. And the reason is the matchup. Uh, New Orleans, you ordinarily think of them as a, a weak defense, but they've actually been very strong over the last five games, especially against the tight end. They allow the fewest normalized fantasy points to tight ends. So uh, that's the big reason I wouldn't play Clay, but then you throw in the fact that he might not be, you know, fully back. And I'm like, no way. I want no part of him. Uh, John, we also have uh, Zach Miller, obviously with that horrible knee injury. Uh, what about Deion Sims? You love that. You love, you love the 2K crapper tight ends. I think Deion Sims could fit that category for you this week. I definitely fits the category in the sense that uh, he's extremely cheap, but I think the matchup, just like uh, Austin was talking about, is not good. Uh, you know, shout out to Austin's uh, normalized strength of schedule uh, tool over here on Football Guys. Minus 52% uh, against tight ends this season. Um, that's um, hashtag not good in terms of Deion Sims. Uh, I think there are better options, and we'll talk about at well, least I, one of them. Can I raise and, my hand real quick, though, on yeah, this? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The problem is they have no freaking receivers at all in Chicago. And – I mean, I see Sims more as like, not that he's established by any measure, but it's not like you can be like, okay, he's got a lot. They got a lot of other great options to go to. Let's just ignore Deion Sims. It, you know, the tight end is usually a nice safety outlet. And that's a guy Trubisky did target a, a little bit there in the time that he was a starter. So I don't think he's out of the question this week. Uh, I think he's out of the question for me. I, I think there are better plays and uh, this is probably, I mean, this game opened up, I, I want to say it was like a two point game and now it's up to five after the way the Packers played on Monday night. This is a Jordan Howard game through and through. I, I think Jordan Howard gets 25 touches in this game. They're going to give the ball to him as much as possible. And uh, you know, if, if they jump out to an early lead, don't be surprised if, if Howard gets 30 touches. But how do you beat the Packers? You throw, right? Well, you, you pay on that bad secondary. In the old days, yes, but now you don't have to throw against them. I mean, they, they, they look terrible on Monday night. Yeah, but they Denver didn't. I mean, Detroit didn't run against them, really, last game. I mean, 2.5 yards per carry last last game for Amir Abdullah. It's not like but, he ran the ball well. But when does he – tell me a time when he has run the ball well. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> there you go. He was Back good in Nebraska. In Nebraska. Yeah. 
Um, let's see what else we got. Martellus Bennett. It looks like he's about, yeah. Is he cut by the green Bay or is he retired? So, uh, who's the target there, Austin? Is, who do we got as the, uh, the, the top option? Not that we're rolling anybody out with Brett Hundley these days. I mean, if you got, if you got to pick a guy to backfill that spot, I guess it's Lance Kendricks. I mean, he's kind of looked better than Bennett this season anyway, if you're looking for green Bay's tight end, but like we talked about before, I don't really trust anybody in this offense. Uh, what, what, yeah, I got one more 2k guy just, just jumped in my head. Sure. Kittle, Kittle is hurt. I believe this week they play, who do they play? The giants. What about like Garrett Selleck or somebody like that, John? Could he uh, be your 2.5K crapper tight end this week? He would be my 2.5K crapper. And uh, yeah, he's in chalk talk today. I, th- I think he's he's a guy you definitely have to consider. There's one more that you can consider, but I think Selleck is my favorite of the, of the mid-price tight ends on DraftKings. All right. Well, we talked a lot about positions during the injury segment, but we'll still get on to the chalk guys. And at quarterback here... Um, I mean, John, what are you seeing here? I mean, I think there's a number of ways it could go. Me personally, I think paying down at quarterback is the move this week to get the solid running backs because I'll tell you what, the mid-tier running backs are scary as hell in DFS these days. The top-tier guys, you know what you're getting. And I don't know if putting Dak Prescott into a lineup is going to get you two solid running backs. So uh, your thoughts at kind of how quarterback's going to shape out. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, that's the way that cash games are going to go this week. I'm almost sure of it yeah. at this point. It's it's early in the week. I mean, everything is subject to change. Uh, I think for GPPs, it actually might make a lot of sense to spend up at quarterbacks this week because it will force you to build your lineups differently because everybody will be trying to cram in those high those high dollar running backs into their lineups. But uh, yeah, this week I think uh, in cash games because you want those high dollar running backs you're going to have to take a chance. And, you know, and as, as far as volatility goes between positions, the quarterback is the least volatile position, which is why we typically go uh, lower uh, when we can. And, um, you know, this week, uh, I think you have two choices. It's, it's Eli Manning against San Francisco, or it's Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets. Uh, or, excuse me, against, uh, uh, yeah, against the yeah. Jets. I can't, yeah. it, it messes me up because I always think of him as a Jet. Um, yeah. But, uh, for me, it, it's it's going to be uh, Fitzpatrick. I think he's the better play, um, and and I think uh, Austin agrees. But uh, I, I I can see uh, that you think that Eli is the better play, so I'm going to uh, default to you and and hear what your opinion is and why you like him better. Yeah, I mean uh, both situations are fine, but for 200 more, I'm going to take a guy who um, the the def- I think the defense from San Francisco is way worse than it is for the New York Jets. The Jets have not been as bad as everybody expected them to be this season. And we know Ryan Fitzpatrick loves to throw, um, loves to throw interceptions. And here's the deal. I think there's a chance that Ryan Fitzpatrick just hands the ball off to Doug Barton and says, go. Um, I don't think there's any chance that Eli Manning does that with Orleans Darkwa. They have had no interest in running whatsoever. And I know, yes, I know San Francisco can't stop the run, but guess what? You know, Last week, you know, he was running the ball well in the first quarter, and they didn't keep running the ball with him at all. So I don't think they have any desire to do it. I think it's an Eli week, and I can't believe Loser's Lane is going to be decided between Eli and Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) I hate myself already. But if I am paying up, I think the question here, Austin, 
uh, I've been coming to is Stafford versus Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm even going to throw Matt Ryan into the mix a little bit. On our early projected ownership this week, Ryan was the top quarterback on FanDuel in projected ownership, which was a little bit surprising, I thought. I think if you're going to pay up at quarterback on FanDuel, I, why not just keep on going all the way up to Tom Brady? That Denver defense doesn't scare me at all. Um, over on DraftKings, sure, Brady's not on the main slate. Go with Stafford. But I'm not playing Matt Ryan this week. I, I don't like that play been under 20 fantasy points every single week but versus the Cowboys we'll see if that changes uh let's get to running back here and I mean Gurley Bell Zeke Fournette McCoy uh give me a preference of those four guys five guys that we got there Austin they are the sure things at the running back position and uh, I feel like more likely than not people are going to want two of them in their cash game yeah, I think the matchups I like the best, Le'Veon Bell is, got, is at the top of the list for me, easy. Um, I think that that matchup against Indy and on the road, I, I think that this is not a Roethlisberger game. I think it's a Le'Veon Bell game. Um, sure, I'll play Roethlisberger in GPPs, but Bell is the guy I would get at the top of my list. Um, then if I look down the list a little further, Leonard Fournette's matchup's pretty sweet against the uh, Chargers. Uh, I like that as my second matchup. I do not like the LaShawn McCoy matchup this week. Um, John, those are my top two guys. Do you, uh, what's your take on those? I agree wholeheartedly with Bell. I think he's the, the chalk selection this week. I'm actually, I, I want to know, uh, Austin, why don't you like the McCoy matchup? Because uh, on paper, I think it looks actually pretty good. Uh, because New Orleans allows the third fewest normalized fantasy points to running backs. So uh, I don't like that from McCoy. Okay, that's that's fair enough. But they're uh, from what I'm what I'm seeing here, they're 28th DVOA. So we may have to dig into that a bit deeper over the next uh, few days. Um, sure. I, you know, for me, it's uh, second to that. Second behind Bell was either McCoy or Fournette. I do like Fournette in the sense that I was he injured three weeks ago, and then they had a bye week, and last week he had suspended. I mean, this guy's got to have some fresh legs coming out here yep. against the Chargers team that. Uh, really um, has been not very good against the rush. Now, in fairness, over the past few weeks, they've gotten better. They've kind of tightened up some things. That said, uh, Fournette is, is, is certainly up there with McCoy. Um, I think they're like uh, 2A, 2B for me. I think McCoy's going to be low-owned, John. I think he's going to be a guy you can get in GPPs, the lowest out of pretty much all those guys, I think. I mean, Gurley's been so rock solid. McCoy kind of had kind of dudded out last week. Yep. So I think there could be some buyer's remorse. But I talked about that game total. I mean, that's sneaky high. It was at 46 and a half right around there. I know that's where it opened. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought it was going to be that high with both these teams that play pretty good defense. So uh, that always kind of sets something off in my mind. And I think he makes – a better GPP option. I think Fournette's just locked in for 25 carries. And, man, Jacksonville's playing with a lot of confidence right now. There are going to be other options on the lower tier. Uh, it's hard not to love Carlos Hyde. Uh, I got 25th DVOA here against the run. Here's the Giants and 21st versus pass-catching running backs. And that's the big thing. He has just been an absolute asset coming out of the backfield and getting targeted like crazy. So, uh, I think he's actually going to drive a good bit of ownership this week. But what about Devontae Freeman? You know, he's a guy here, Austin, who um, is priced as low as I can remember at 6K over on DraftKings. And 
I feel like this is not a horrible spot for him. I know everybody was on Hunt last week who kind of got game scripted out a little bit, you know, kind of dudded out. But any chance that we look at this like we did that week with Melvin Gordon when he was like 6K and we'll look at ourselves afterward and say, why didn't we play this guy at this bargain basement price? Yeah, I think the issue with Freeman is that in watching him play last week, he really gutted it out. I mean, him and Julio were both kind of in and out of this game. And uh, you're going to want to watch the practice reports a little bit with Freeman. They may lean a little bit more towards Coleman here if Freeman is still ailing. Uh, Whereas with Melvin Gordon, it's like they got no one else, right? Like he can come into a game with half a leg and he's still going to get 30 touches. Freeman, you know, they, they may choose to lighten it up a little bit. So I'm not as keen on that, but I do like the price. So, you know, watch that injury report. Yeah, we'll see where if they can get in the end zone. No touchdowns in four weeks for him and nothing through the air all season long. Usually he's good for a handful of those. Uh, yeah. John, I know you like Jordan Howard. You talked about him a little bit earlier. What about Melvin Gordon? You know, you get the Jacksonville defense, which, ever, which is, va- you know, vaunted. Nobody wants to mess with them but they still rank 31st DVOA versus the run. Um, You know, we know he's going to get targeted regardless of game script here. Thoughts on Gordon at 7-6 on FanDuel, 7-2 on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I I think you've got to consider him. He's, uh, you know, he's cheap enough. Uh, Jacksonville, 31st DVOA, uh, rush defense. Jacksonville, um, much like the Chargers, actually improved um, over the past few weeks. Uh, against the rush. So I think that that's something uh, that you need to consider. Um, shout out to, I, I want to say it was Graham Barfield. I hope I'm right. Who uh, posted something very interesting today about uh, teams, um, their last five games versus their season long averages. And um, that's kind of what I'm quoting here. So uh, check out Graham Barfield. Um, he's a great follow on Twitter. If, um, if you're a, a Twitter person. So um, check that out and, and, and you'll see exactly what I'm referring to. But yeah, I mean, the price is right. The matchup is right. I think that um, this is a this is going to be a slugfest. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to this game. You talked about going out and uh, putting a, a bet in Vegas on Super Bowl for Jacksonville. Uh, we might talk afterwards. I may give you some cash to put some money on uh, the Chargers because I think they, they are uh, coming around into the team that I thought they were going to be in the preseason at this point. Uh, okay uh, <laughs> I, I might just book that way myself. welcome Good. to Disney's Sportsbook <laughs> I might make that bet for you John we'll see uh, I don't care uh, wide receiver here we already talked about Julio missed two easy touchdowns last week if he's healthy I like him but I think it's going to be a major question mark um, Austin you've already said it's a Le'Veon Bell week John is it Bell over Brown for you as well? Because Antonio uh, should. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's always Bell over Brown because you, you know that Bell's going to touch the ball 25 times. Uh, Brown is a great value play, uh, not value play. He's a great volume play for the wide receiver position, but he's going to see the ball half the number of times. I was going to say, what salary cap are you playing? Jeez, please. <laughs> value. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, DeAndre Hopkins here. This guy's kind of a forgotten soul. John's shaking his head at me already. Dude got 16 targets in both games that Tom Savage has been quarterback this season. And, you know, maybe not the ideal matchup for him, but they're probably going to be from behind. He's 7'6 and 7'5 last week. 
you know, still put up some pretty decent numbers, but you're not buying? He completed 19 out of 44 passes against Indianapolis last week. 19 yeah. out of 44 against one of the worst secondaries in the league that didn't have Vontae Davis active. <laughs> I want no part of the passing game in Houston until until no they get a real quarterback. Targets? You don't want uh, you don't want volume. I thought you were a volume guy, John. I, I'm a volume guy, but it's got to be it's got to be realistic. I mean, it, yeah, I'll throw you a hundred targets from from Philadelphia, but you're not going to catch any down there in uh, Florida because I'm not going to get them to you. <laughs> <laughs> but but John, I heard that T.J. Yates was taking first team snaps just to get you know ready in case. Would that change your mind? Uh, it might make me a little more excited than Savage, but I'm still not buying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we got a lot of sit- places to save, though, at this position. Uh, Marvin Jones is just too cheap on FanDuel at 6.4. He's a guy who's had double-digit targets three straight games. And um, obviously, when you have a big game on Monday night, it's not accounted for in your salary. So he's still really cheap. And uh, early in the day today, it might have changed, but early in the day today, Adam Humphreys was the number one projected ownership guy on DraftKings, Austin, at 3,100 just over there. I mean, that's cheap. That's really cheap. And it's a guy who's probably going to get maybe seven targets. But I don't know if he's going to be the chalkiest guy in the slate. What's your take on him? Do you see, how viable is he for you? I think he's viable because obviously Mike Evans is out. I, I don't see his ownership being quite that high just because some people are going to be scared off of Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing him those passes. Um, but, but I think everybody that, want to get the big running backs though. And he's a path to that. I think that's yeah. probably a lot of thought process that went into that projection. Exactly. Um, and, and I think on DraftKings, especially that's, that's a big issue. Um, so I think he's a guy you have to consider. Yes. Uh, but I don't feel great about it. I'm trying to study closely to see if I can get up a little higher to some other guys, I think. Uh, if I was going to put money on a guy that Austin's going to have next week, it's probably Sterling Shepard because nobody loves some Sterling Shepard more than Austin <laughs> does. And he'll play him just to hedge off my Eli Manning uh, exposure. So I'm just going to call his lineup already and, and look for some Sterling Shepard. Uh, Darkwa and Fitzpatrick versus... Eli and whoever you want to bring. <laughs> uh, tight end though, Evan Ingram, uh, dudes gets a ton of targets here, John. Um, 6,200 over on DraftKings, a little pricey maybe on FanDuel at 74, but uh, maybe a tougher matchup. San Francisco has been pretty good versus tight ends, but dude is just legit. Like best tight end coming out of college we've seen since like Jeremy Shockey stat, uh, stats-wise. I love watching him play. He's, I mean, he's talented. I, when he was coming out, you know, the, the guy is basically a wide receiver that plays uh, tight end position. The thing is, San Francisco has just been legit against tight ends this season. Uh, they're number one DVLA. I, I don't know what the number is off of, uh, of the normalized strength of schedule tool, but I also I know it's, it's very high. And his price has increased because I think he scored a touchdown in every game since Odell Beckham left. Uh, I'm avoiding him this week. I think he'll be overowned, and I think his upside is limited against this defense. I see. I see. I uh, I know we're we're going to have to skip some stuff today, guys, because we're rolling long. But uh, I see you mentioned some value at, at tight end too, because I didn't put him on the list. I'm assuming it was you. It was me. I think that uh, on DK, uh, you can look at uh, David Njuko. How do we say his name? Injoku. 
There you go. And Joku. And uh, I think that he's, he's in play this week. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of, uh, there's not a whole lot of receiving options in Cleveland. They're a big underdog. Um, and this guy is pretty talented. I may not know how to say his name, but I've watched him on, on, uh, on film and um, he can play a little bit. He's 2,600. That said, uh, I did lead off with this. I said there are some some low value guys. I think uh, he's one, and then uh, Garrett Selleck there in San Francisco is another guy you can look at at the lower end. Uh, some defenses: Bears take on Brett Hundley. Uh, Bears coming off a, a bye week; they should be in a good spot there. Uh, Lions uh, against Cleveland. Anyone versus Cleveland? Yes, sign me up for it. And Chargers versus Jacksonville. Who who put that on this list? Dang you, tip and pick. I don't even have to ask. I mean, that's completely obvious. You're trying to bet them to win the Super Bowl, and clearly you don't think, you know, you clearly think they're going to win this game. So You heard it here uh, first. Enough, enough out of you. We're going to skip game flows today and go right into wide receiver cornerback matchups. And, uh, John, take us through what we need to know this week. All right, so we're running a little bit late. I won't give you all the details, but I do think that Austin Sterling Shepard has a great matchup against Quan Williams. Uh, he was, uh, I believe he was out last week. He does return this week. Um, he's dead last out of 114 qualifying cornerbacks over there, pro football focus, targeted every 4.3 coverage snaps. And um, as we've already talked about, the only other receiver there in, in uh, New York for, for the Giants uh, is the tight end. And uh, we've already talked about his matchup. So I think a lot of overflow action is headed in uh, Sterling Shepard's direction. Uh, Cooper Cup goes up against Kareem Jackson there in Houston. I think this is a great matchup for him. Um, he's ranked 99 out of 114. He's allowed the second most yardage in the NFL while in coverage, 462 yards uh, this season. Second only to Terrence uh, Mitchell there in Kansas City, who was benched a few weeks ago. Buster Screen continues to end up in this column. Uh, he goes up against the aforementioned uh, Adam Humphreys. Um, he's allowed five touchdowns. That's second worst in the NFL this this week uh, this this year, excuse me. And uh, Mike Adams, as we've already talked about earlier in the show, he's not playing. Um, and DJX, uh, not really sure what's going to happen here yet, but it, there's a possibility that DJX actually might see shadow coverage from Mo Playborn. So if that happens, I think uh, even more uh, uh, action flows in the direction of Adam Humphreys. Uh, last one, I think AJ Green's going to be uh, PO'd coming off of last game, especially, I don't know, if, if you haven't already seen it, check out some of Jalen Ramsey's comments from today. Uh, they, they floated on the Twitter earlier this evening and and uh i think aj green is going to be out out for uh vengeance this week and um the rookie uh first round pick adoree jackson is going to be the uh the, the culprit there there's a uh, six inch differential in terms of size it's a it's the biggest mismatch um in terms of uh, pro football focus um in, in terms of their ratings entering this weekend so i think that aj green is, is due for a bounce back spot in terms of avoids I, I don't like Marvin Jones. He goes, uh, he's going to get shadow coverage from Jason McCourty, who's been a very underrated cornerback this season uh, there in Cleveland. Marquise Lee is going to see Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward has shadowed Demarius Thomas twice, all Sean Jeffrey once, and Amari Cooper once. And um, amongst those four games, he's allowed six, tar uh, six receptions for 81 yards and zero touchdowns. It's an average of 20 yards per game. Manny Sanders is going to see Malcolm Butler in shadow coverage coming off of an injury. That's actually more about Brock Osweiler than his Manny, but I still don't, I still want to stay away from it. And then the last thing, I do think that those, uh, those Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't want to target them any week. So I'm avoiding the perimeter receivers there. 
Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, uh, I'm staying away from them. So uh, that's kind of uh, the, the early look at uh, cornerback wide receiver matchups entering week 10. All right. Gold bounce backs. A uh, quick look at last week. I, I'm going to count. Uh, I think I'm going to count Austin as the winner. He had Tyreek Hill. Now it was a fluke play that he got into the end zone. I mean, if you could predict that, oh, we're just going to give a guy like 50 yards and lay off 30 yards in coverage. He's going to manage to avoid like 10 tackles. Then fine. Like I bow to you and it's been your year with those predictions, Austin. But uh, <laughs> you know, I had Michael Thomas who didn't do much. Uh, McCaffrey was fine against Atlanta, um, but I got to give it to you, Austin. You, you won that. Well, let's go to this week. What are you rolling out for your bounce back fool's gold? Um, I don't have a great picks yet that I'm uh, pleased with, but I do like uh, Brandon cooks to bounce back against Denver on Sunday night football. If you're playing that FanDuel main slate and as a GPP dart, uh, I have this feeling that Darren fells is going to get a touchdown this week. It's a weird one, but uh, you know, the matchup is huh. great and I don't like Eric Ebron. I think he gets a touchdown this week. Uh, hold on. So, did you give me two bounce backs? I gave you two bounce backs, yeah. Oh, look, look at this, Josh. He is breaking yeah. all. He doesn't want to lose here, so he's giving multiple names, and you <laughs> didn't even give us a fool's gold. So, yeah. like, you know, this well, guy thinks fool's gold, LaShawn McCoy. Go down loser's lane, and now he just doesn't even have to, like, partake in these parts of the show. LaShawn McCoy, that's my fool's gold. Okay, there we go. That's a good pick. That's strong. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster as my fool's gold. I think he's going to have really high ownership this week. Obviously, matchup versus uh, Indianapolis is is a great one, but uh, I don't think he's going to see the same number of targets he had last week. It's already a, a likelihood we're hearing that Martavis Bryant is going to play. And if he's going to be like 20%, which I'm seeing in some places, I will avoid Juju. Uh, Juju will not be on that beat this week. Uh, but uh, my bounce back here is I think Corey Davis gets in the end zone this week against Cincinnati. Uh, this guy had 10 targets his first game of the season with Marcus Mariota. Last week, I think he was in for like over 80% of the snaps. Coaching staff is talking him up. 20th and 27th, that's the DVOA ranking to wide receiver two and three, which I think Rashard Matthews might be considered number one. We'll see. But uh, I think Corey Davis this week at cheap price, I think he's like 4K over on DraftKings this week, is a nice value option who could hit pay dirt for you. All right, tip and pick what you got for Fool's Gold. Bounce back. Yeah, so for Fool's, Fool's Gold, uh, I'm going with Evan Ingram this week. I've kind of already outlined the case there. San Francisco has been really good. I, I, I love Evan Ingram uh, from, a, from a fantasy perspective, for a future perspective. I just think that this is the week he comes off of kind of the numbers he's been putting up the past three weeks. He scored a touchdown. He hasn't gone less than 60 catch or 60, 60 catches would be a record. 60 yards is what I was referring to. No less than four catches. Uh, this is the week. I think he comes off of that. And um, I believe he's, he's going to be fairly highly owned. Uh, we, we currently have him as the second highest tight owned tight end on DraftKings uh, entering uh, our early projections from Steve Buzzard. In terms of uh, bounce back candidates, uh, this guy's been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of action over the past three weeks. And um, I know Dan's gonna cringe, but I think Orleans Darkwa against San Francisco is in a great spot this week. Uh, 
using Austin's normalized strength of schedule, 42% above uh, equalized uh, opponents, 25th DVOA against the rush. Uh, Wayne Gallman last week, key fumble. I think maybe that takes away some action from him. He has 52 touches over the past three weeks, but hasn't yet found the end zone. And San Francisco has given up more yardage to opposing running backs than any, any team in the league and the second most touchdowns. I think he's a, he's a lock for a touchdown this week at a very fair price. Lock. Lock, huh? Lock we got to go bold. We got to go bold. We, we do have to go bold. There's no question. Um, fellas, we're kind of out of time here. So uh, we're going to call the show today. Uh, thank you so much for watching us. Check them out over at Football Guys. They got tons of great t- content. These two actually come back with what, like four other guys on, uh, on I, I call it the Matrix show. I know that's not right. It looks like it looks like Hollywood Squares. It's uh, the power grid. It's five power grid. That's, staffers. That's yeah, five staffers. Yeah. And uh, and who's the center square? Is that you, Austin? Like, that's always the funny guy. Well, well, I'm the host, so I <laughs> oh, try to okay. set other people up. He's the Tom Berger. Okay. Uh, and, of course, tons of great content here at Roto Grinders. And thank you so much for watching. We got the DFS Pick 6 with Crane, Rebar, Evan Silva coming up next. Stay tuned for that. For these guys, the Lee brothers, I'm Dan Bach. Wish you best of luck this week 10. See you next week here on Football Guys Daily Fantasy Hour. See everybody.